Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of the Blatant Homerism podcast here. I uh, got uh, Jake Elman, beat writer for Florida Atlantic uh, with the Palm Beach Post, joining us tonight to uh, fill us in on uh, some of the latest news from uh, Owl's Camp as they get ready to take on the Sooners coming up uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon. So let's go ahead and welcome him on. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me on. All right. Well, uh, I guess first questions first. Uh, you know, this is a team that you know last year obviously uh, finished the year on a real you know kind of hot streak. There, does it feel like a lot of that momentum or what have you, confidence around the team, is kind of carried over to this season? I, I think so. I, I mean, I think that Coach Kiffin established very early that the 2017 team was last year's team. That this year is an entirely new team, but. You know, you talk about confidence, you talk about guys feeling comfortable in their own skin, you're definitely seeing that. And, you know, even some of the guys that have been around since the three and nine days, you know, senior linebacker Aziz Alshair, senior safety Jalen Young, senior offensive tackle Reggie Bain, who's been here since 2014, you know, those guys went through the tough times, and last year was so game-changing for them that when you have a game like Oklahoma, it's not what it used to be where it's, oh, my God, we're playing Oklahoma now. It's, okay, we know what we're capable of doing. How can we beat them? And, uh, you know, a person who will be uh, responsible or play a big role if uh, the Owls can pull off an upset is uh, the quarterback, but nobody knows who that is right now. It seems like uh, Coach Giffen is playing it pretty close to the vest, huh? Yeah, I mean, there's three guys who I think have all earned the right to start. One of those guys is someone I'm sure you're familiar with. That's former Oklahoma quarterback Chris Robinson. You know, he's kind of the hot hand of late. He's really impressed some around the program with his improved maturity. Obviously, some off-field issues cost him a chance to play with the Sooners. You know, in another world, maybe he's starting against FAU on Saturday. And, you know, he had some issues in the spring that where he was suspended, but you know, he's really impressed lately. He's showing that he gets it. There's a vibe around the team that even if he doesn't start on Saturday, that he's going to get a lot of snaps. You have the former last chance you star, DeAndre Johnson, who missed most last year with blood clots. DeAndre is, you know, he's balanced. I mean, he's not making a lot of the deep throws he used to, not only just because of the surgery, but because I think that he feels he doesn't need to anymore. And you have former Arkansas and SMU quarterback Rafe Peavy. You know, he came in earlier this month, a few days in the camp. He's really done an exceptional job of just staying in the competition. You know, was thrown into the fire early, was taking snaps with the first team that first day just to get him in rhythm, and that he's still competing in, you know, that we haven't ruled him out says a lot about what he's done. Yeah, and uh, I want to get to the other two guys here soon, but uh, let's talk a little bit about PV because uh, you know, reading and studying that, that really was an interesting uh, you know kind of development there with the guy coming in after camp had already started. Uh, do you know what what was his connection to the program? Did he did did he know somebody there? Or how how did that come about? The thing is, and it's interesting, is when SMU camp began, Rafe knew he wasn't going to start. Mm-hmm. and he knew he was competing for a backup job in his final year at the collegiate level, which he didn't want to do, and I, I don't blame him. So he he reached out to some schools, and he really wanted to play under Coach Kiffin, and he lacked the connection some of these other guys had. Obviously, DeAndre Johnson and Tim Bonner, the defensive end from last chance U. You 
you know, they had a couple of the EMCC connections. Um, but Rafe, you know, Rafe was coming somewhere that was entirely new, that wasn't anywhere close, where he didn't have those prior connections. And he's really flourished both personally and on the field. You know, I was talking with him the other day. We spoke about a week and a half ago, and he was joking that, you know, he's been so busy he hasn't gotten a chance to go to the beach. And I was talking <laughs> with him the other day, and he said he finally made it to the beach. And, you know, that's good for him that he's settling in. You know, he he's engaged, so he doesn't have his fiance living with him. He's living with uh, a walk-on, running back Gerald Hearns, who went viral last week for getting a scholarship. They're living together. So it's a change for him, and I think he's handled it really well. Interesting, but... It sounds just like from reading the tea leaves that Ro- uh, Chris Robinson is most likely going to be the one to take the first snap. Would that be your guess? Um, I mean, prediction-wise, I think Robinson is certainly the hot hand, and if we're going off that, I could definitely see him starting. But as you said, you know, Lane is definitely keeping close to the vest, and you know, at this point, you know, DeAndre Johnson could run out there in the first quarter. I wouldn't be surprised. TV could run out there. I wouldn't be surprised. I made the joke the other day. Wouldn't it be something if FAU opened up in the Wildcat formation? <laughs> yeah. You know, after months of wondering who the starting quarterback is going to be, technically, the starting quarterback is a wide receiver or running back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in all seriousness, I do think that Robinson right now, with how he's performed the past three weeks how he's really stepped up his game he's making less of the gunslinger decisions that he used to do which is you know second and goal drill and you know he tries forcing it to the back of the end zone and it gets picked off now he's making smarter plays i would not at all be surprised if we see chris start against oklahoma but really, you know, the engine of this team, the offense there is uh, Devin Singletary. That's a guy that they just kind of build everything around there from the inside out. Um, talk, can you, can you tell us a little bit just about what you think makes him such a special runner, one of the best in the in the country? I, it's his elusiveness. You know, I, it's like, and Kiffin has said this too, you know, it's like playing Madden. You know, he's a video game player. You watch some of the jukes he does some of his spins, and it's hard to think it's even possible. You know, he's he's shifty, he's small, but he's not undersized. He uses his size to his advantage. He's about 5'9", 210, 205, and he's figured out a way to where he can either beat you with his legs or he can beat you by breaking tackles, you know, mm-hmm. using his shoulder pads to his advantage, some high steps. He's a really dynamic player, and I think Saturday, regardless of the final score, presents an opportunity for more fans who really haven't seen FAU play nationally for them to understand why FAU is promoting Mulder for Heisman and Heisman in Paradise, why you're seeing him on these top five running back lists. Yeah, there's this highlight of him from last year. I think they're playing Middle Tennessee, where he makes this jump cut and then goes down the sideline which is just, I mean, unbelievable body control. I mean, I was stunned. That, that is where the entire motor for Heisman trend began. FAU was 1-3 coming into that game, and, you know, he scores that, and we're joking in the press box as we're talking about how insane the play is. We're like, motor for Heisman, then he scores again. He finishes with four touchdowns that night, and FAU doesn't lose the rest of the season. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely was a, a turning point for them there. Um, the offensive line is a, is an interesting one because it seems like a kind of well, kind of like a, a lot of the guys on this team, a lot of transfer there, transfers there. No. Yeah, FAU graduated three starting linemen last year. Two of those guys were all Conference USA guys, so they went to transfer out. They well, they signed uh, former Tulane center Junior Diaz, who actually played his high school ball down here. He played with all-conference USA offensive tackle Reggie Bain, who is a four-year starter for the Owls. And at guard, they went with, at one uh, at one of the guard spots, B.J. Etienne, who's a redshirt freshman from St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the top Florida mm-hmm. schools. And at the other guard spot, they went out and they got former Florida Gator Antonio Riles. So, you know, we talk about DeAndre Johnson, we talk about Tim Bonner, we talk about Jovan Durant the former West Virginia receiver who scored twice against Oklahoma when he was in Morgantown. But, you know, you had an SEC caliber lineman, a guy who really came in and was a starter a couple days in the practice, and he's played well in the scrimmages. You know, this offensive line, they're going to be responsible not only for making sure that that obviously the quarterbacks can stay up, but for – Providing the same consistency that they had last year, you know, it gets it's easy to forget. FAU two years ago, they had nine offensive line combinations in the first nine games. Guys kept getting hurt. Bain missed the entire year with a hip injury. Guys were a couple guys had knee injuries. Another guy had a shoulder injury. Last year, the same five guys started all 14 games. If FAU can get the same success this year, then I think that they'll be in good shape. So you know, that's that's the offense and kind of summing it up. Uh, how should Oklahoma, you know, prepare? I guess to be attacked by this, by this, uh, by this uh, attack. Well, I, I mean, I think that the key, obviously, is stopping Devin Singletary. You know, you, you lose Buddy Howell, the four, the three-year start, excuse me, two-year starting running back, uh, five touchdowns last year. He's now with the Miami Dolphins, and your depth after that. You know, I like redshirt junior Kareth White. Very fast guy at the first kickoff return in program history last year. And then after that, you know, the depth is a bit unproven. You have Gerald Hearns, former walk-on. He's showed flashes, but he's a bit inexperienced in game action. And then after that, you really don't have that many guys who have carried the ball at the D1 level. So if you stop Singletary, then the entire offense changes because, okay, what are we going to do with the other running backs? Well, if they can't, you know, do we trust them? Do we trust the passing game? Do we trust a wide receiver group that, aside from Durant, DeAndre McNeil, and star sophomore Willie Wright, you know, not much. There's, those guys are kind of unproven. So it all goes back to stopping Motor. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's talk about the other side of the ball, the defense. Uh, a lot of starters back here. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. What's your take? I think it's a great thing. You know, you return probably the best linebacker in Conference USA, Aziz Alshire. You return safety Jalen Young, seven interceptions last year, three and a win over Marshall. You bring back Shelton Lewis, senior cornerback, who's getting some NFL draft stock. Defensive end Hunter Snyder is probable to play Saturday. Excuse me, yeah, Saturday. You know, he's another guy who has some draft stock building. It's it's a veteran defense. There's a couple guys I think Oklahoma fans are going to really want to watch out for, and that's junior linebacker Rashad Smith. He led the team with six sacks last year and dangerous redshirt sophomore pass rusher Layden McCarthy. 
And what would you say is the really the strength of this unit? I mean, is it uh, there on the line? Is it in the secondary? Yeah, I mean, I I really like the the defensive line. You know, when Kiffin took over, he said it was probably the most concerning position, and I, I like them. You know, Hunter Snyder took a big jump last year. McCarthy, I thought, was maybe the best freshman on the entire team, although he was a redshirt freshman. Stephen Leggett at one of the defensive tackle spots is really has really impressed me in the past year, and. At the at uh, the other defensive tackle spot, you have Kevin McCrary, a former junior who was recruited highly, and it will be interesting to see how he fares in what will be one of his first collegiate starts. So, uh, you know, how do you think that they're preparing really to uh, to take on Oklahoma? I mean, you know, there's really, I mean, there's there are quite a number of kind of new kind of out of the box type things with this offense, given the Baker Mayfield's gone. I, I mean, in the same way that. Oklahoma has to stop Motor. I think it all goes back to stopping Rodney Anderson. You know, this guy's a top five running back in the game. He's a two-way player. You know, he can beat you on the ground. He can beat you in the passing game. If you stop him and you pressure Kyler Murray, we know that Kyler was recruited highly. We know that he's had some success at Texas A&M. And, you know, from what I've seen in what he did last year, you know, he showed some flashes. But if you can rattle him, and you can stop Rodney Anderson, that defense can win the game. Yeah, and, you know, looking back at last season, it seems like the teams, though, that, that really stressed the Owls were the ones that could uh, get it done on the ground. You know, uh, obviously Navy with that option attack, but, you know, Wisconsin, again, is another one. Uh, you know, Buffalo, I think, went for over 200 yards. Same with Old Dominion. It seemed like teams that could get it started there were the ones that had the most success. If you wear FAU's defense out, you're going to be able to win the game especially today with the no-huddle offenses, with these up-tempo offenses. And we've seen what Rodney Anderson can do both against, you know, not to call FAU a lesser team, but the group of five teams. And we've seen what he can do against the upper echelon of college teams. If he can, if Oklahoma controls the ball in the time of possession, again, they can beat the Owls with ease. Interesting, interesting. Okay, well, so are you going to be uh, heading to uh, Norman, or are you going to be staying? I, I will I will not. I'm covering the game from the home front. Ah, okay, okay, cool. Well, uh, enjoy the uh, holiday weekend, Jake, and thanks so much for joining us, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me on, man. appreciate it. Again, thanks to our guest, uh, Jake uh, Elman of the uh, Palm Beach Post, Florida Atlantic beat writer. Uh, thanks, for, Tim, for joining us, and thanks to you all for joining us, too. For the Boynton Homerson Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.